0: What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Mayakoba Golf Classic, the final PGA Tour event of the 2020 calendar year. So let me just go through a couple of housekeeping items here at the top. We've got this week with Mayakoba. Then we're going to get the shortest offseason in all of sports for the PGA Tour, where they're going to take like three weeks off before we get right back into it uh, in January for the Tournament of Champions. Uh, With that being said, I'll still be updating the European tour data on the website, the cheat sheet, the player profiles, the game logs, because I believe there's two more European tour events um, that presumably there will be draft Kings and betting action for. So I'll continue to update those. And I've been kind of teasing this for the last couple of weeks. I'll be undergoing probably the largest revamp of RickRungood.com in its history, uh, there will be millions of more data points loaded into the website. There will be new and different visualizations. There will be things that uh, will be updated and optimized and, and just work more cohesively. So that's how I'm going to be spending the next couple of weeks. Uh, also, I will be making or at least attempting to make uh, some more evergreen content, right? So things that are not just related to the weekly tournament, things that are maybe, you know, do bombers really have an advantage in wet conditions. That's a good one or strategies around golf betting or DFS golf or just golf in general. Uh, maybe I'll try to get some guys on from, from other outlets for some interviews. So that's my goal over the course of the next couple of weeks. If you have any suggestions, if there's a question burning question out there that you've had about golf strategy, golf betting, DFS strategy. If there's anybody you want me to try to bring on for an interview, leave that in the comment section uh, below or tweet me at Rick Run Good. I'll do my best to accomplish all of those items. Uh, And then the big thing, the promotion for this week, the the once a year promo on rickrungood.com. I made a video about this last week, but I don't want to forget about it here. You know, I, I don't discount uh, rickrungood.com. I I think it is uh, very fairly priced. I I don't like the sites that have just a bunch of promo codes and discounts constantly floating around. It's just... I don't understand why, uh, but once a year, I like to kind of uh, bet a little bit, wager a little bit on this. So it's right now, Mayakoba Golf Classic. If you go to rickrongood.com slash Mexico and sign up for either a six month or a yearly subscription, I will refund you the percentage that is equal to the winning score in Mayakoba this week. So here's an example. I did this last year for the Hero World Challenge. Henrik Stenson won at 18 under par. I will refund or and I did refund 18% of those 6 month or yearly memberships back to you. That's the promotion. So you've got to wager me for it. Uh you know if this thing gets the 25 under par, I'll refund 25% of your payment for a six month or a yearly membership. If it's 12 under, you'll get 12% back. I mean, you're going to get something back either way, but it's going to be dependent on the winning score. So it's a little bit of fun. Um, and, and we can gamble on it a little bit, but this is it once a year. This is the only time I ever discount it. Uh, you have to be in by Thursday, December 3rd. Again, it's rickrungood.com slash Mexico. Don't email me on Saturday night and like, Oh, I meant to take advantage of it. Like now, I don't, I don't play that. Uh, I had so many people do that to me last year. Uh, I don't want to have to deal with it again this year. And then also, um, the other thing is, if you are a current member, you can absolutely take it, av- take advantage of this. Just, just go to rickrungood.com/slash/Mexico. Sign up for whichever membership that you want email me, and then I'll manually adjust your membership. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. So if you're a current member, you can absolutely take care of it. So, uh, yeah, I think that's everything. RickRunGood.com. all the tools, all the data that are on there right now, only to get much, much, much better in the next couple of weeks. But let's jump into this week's DFS preview for the Mayakoba Golf Classic. The course for this week, El Chameleon in uh, Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Um, this is one, another one of these courses that are, you know, not on North America. Or I guess it is on North America. Wow. It's early on a Monday. Uh, but usually internationally they do not take the shot link data. So we're not going to get shot link data this week, par 71, 7,017 yards. Your comp courses are the similar pass green green uh, courses. You're talking about Punta Cana. You're talking about uh, Coco Beach, which is where they host the Puerto Rico Open. You're talking about the Mayakoba Golf Classic. Now, of course, those pass greens, we, we never get shot link data there. Uh, so what I've actually done below is, you know, I don't have putting specialists uh, for this week. So these are just your top putters. Now... Uh, the, the, the eye test and and what we've seen historically here in Mayakoba is, uh, shorter hitters are fine around here. You know, this is kind of a weird little course. It's a Greg Norman design. It takes advantage of, um, I, I guess I'd call it like jungle terrain. You're going to see some holes that are kind of jungly. You're going to see some holes that are kind of beachy, right? I mean, it's just, it's weird. You kind of get like two or three different, uh, ecosystems almost out there. It's, it's a, it's a visually very beautiful course. Um, but, but, Shorter hitters, no problem, right? You know Brendan Todd, he's your defending champion. Matt Kucher, I'm thinking about Brian Gay, Fred Funk, um, other guys who have won here or who've had success here are not necessarily short hitters, and and that's reflected in uh, the key stats for this week. So this is the regression model that I run every single week. We have a lot of great data on Maya Coba, and what I love. So what I love and I rave about this tool all the time, rickrungood.com slash mexico If you want to sign up, um, is I, because just because we don't have shot link data doesn't mean that this, that these key stats are not valid for this week. In fact, quite the opposite because I'm using player profiles. I can see what types of golfers are having success at But even if we don't have shot link data, like that's what I love about this model. And it starts to really bear itself out a bit. I mean, you, you see uh, the, the most important common stat. Is driving accuracy, and there's only five courses on the PGA Tour where driving accuracy is more important. Well, when you think about driving accuracy, usually distance and accuracy don't go together. Uh, so driving accuracy, it's a that's a below a, or I'm sorry, driving distance is a below average stat at Mayakoba, uh, but driving accuracy, one of the most important. So you're talking about shorter hitters that have had a lot of success here. Uh, them just being able to to make birdies, you know, you've seen. Uh, some winning scores get pretty deep here, which will cost me a bit in this promotion uh, if this thing gets the 23, 24, 25 under par. Uh, now, I will say this. We're going to have to check the uh, the live chat on, on, on Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll do the live chat again here on the Rick Rungood YouTube channel. Um, we're going to have to check the weather. Uh, from what I understand, the Monday qualifier... At, at El Chameleon. I believe it was there at the course. Monday qualifier is not always at the same course. Um, course was playing pretty tough. So, so we're going to see, we're going to keep an eye on it. Wind was, wind was kicking a little bit. So that's something you want to be aware of come Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time to see if there is a, um, an advantage to either one of these waves as they as they go out. Uh, so let's see who's who's doing well in terms of driving accuracy. After I've got this field loaded in, uh, it's going to be Russ Henley chalk week, right? We're going to talk about Russ Henley in a second. He's ninety three hundred. He's the most accurate driver of the golf ball this season. He's one of the better approach players in this field. Um, you know, makes enough birdies. It, it's going to be Russ Henley chalk week. Uh, John Huh now up to seventy four hundred. He's hitting a ton of fairways. Ches Satoshi Kadaira Corey. And then there's your defending champion, Brendan Todd. We'll talk about him more in depth in a second. And then if, if this thing does turn into a birdie fest, you know, you're looking at birdie or better percentage. JT is here. He's 11,400. Harry Higgs missed some time with COVID-19. He's at 7,000. He makes a ton of birdies. Peter Malnati. He's had a, a, a some good run recently. He's 7,300. The other thing is this. I think you're going to hear about maybe a correlation to, um, to Sony to the, to the Sony open in Hawaii. Uh, you know, uh, has won both events. Uh, Kuchar has won both events. There's been uh, some, some crossover leaderboards there. So if you want to switch over to, uh, Sony open, for example, you can do that and you can look at those key stats as well, which, um, you know, I have them a little bit differently. I have driving distance being much more, uh, important, I, but but driving accuracy is still an above average important stat. Um, you, I've just seen leaderboard crossover. The model doesn't necessarily bear this out. And remember, it's one thing to look at the winners. It's another thing to do what this model does, which is look at the entire leaderboard as a whole and compare it to every course, every leaderboard, every everything. So it, it's a little bit different when we're just trying to pick out winners versus trying to pick out guys that finished top 10, top 20, all that good stuff. So uh, you have that ability for you here to, to run over to the Sony open and and see those stats as well. But for now, let's get into the meat of this and go to the cheat sheet. Five golfers over $10,000. Dustin Johnson did WD from this event. So I did get a couple of tweets about this uh, because originally DJ uh, committed to this field. He committed early, committed a couple of weeks ago. And then, after winning the masters i think the week after so i guess it was thanksgiving week which oh by the way hope everybody enjoyed the match that was fun um the he he released a statement and was like yeah i'm not i'm not playing miko so so he's he's out. Justin Thomas, your headliner at 11,400. You know, we can talk about JT if you want to talk about, you know, crossover, uh, not necessarily crossover winners, but guys who have had success at Sony. Well, Justin Thomas is that guy. Justin Thomas doesn't have a finish outside his top 12, outside the top 12 in like his last five or six starts. Uh, he's been knocking at the door, fourth at the Masters, second at the Zozo. He's very clearly the player to beat in this field. And I actually think it's interesting, you know, um, and, and we can look up... Ha- when, when Justin Thomas is this expensive, but what I've noticed, especially in the last maybe year or so on DraftKings, I feel like the favorite, because JT's six and a half to one, um, that would normally be a lot closer to 12,000. I think the pricing in general has been softer in the last six to eight months, maybe a year on DraftKings, where I'm starting to think that guys that are six and a half to one um, at 11,400 is a, is a bit more reasonable. I mean, if he was eight to one, 10 to one, he one, he'd probably still be 11,400, but let me open up the value matrix. Cause I'm, I'm doing this. A lot of times I don't, uh, I, everything I do, uh, in these videos, like I know what the answer is going to be. Uh, I don't know what the answer is going to be here in the value matrix. I want to see the last times that Justin Thomas has been 11,400 or more expensive. So let me pull him up here. So we're going to do JT. And we're gonna say um, salary has to be 11,400 or greater. Um, All right, so ignore Mayako, but that one's already loaded in. So last time we saw him this expensive was Sony. 26 and a half DraftKings points. That's not gonna get it done. The Zozo Championship, 75. That's not really gonna get it done. A couple of good ones here at the CJ Cup and the Safeway. That was about a year ago. So you're seeing outside of basically the last two times he's been 11,400. He's been okay. He's been okay. He's got a couple of of, uh, you know, 10 X return weeks, the CIMB Classic, which I believe he won that event, Um, you know, and you basically have to, you know, Sony open eight point eight times value. So he he he's going to get you about 75 points almost every single time. Uh, You probably need him closer to 100. You probably need him closer to 120 nothing really notable here. I didn't know if this was going to bear out that like every single time he's, he's hit, you know, 10 times value, but, uh, we're not seeing that. So I think it's fine. Uh, I think DJ or JT is, is very clearly the best player in, uh, in this field for a lot of reasons. You know, we're starting to see, uh, Brooks play well fifth at Houston seventh at the masters. Uh, the only issue is, and I, I think when you compare him to his peers, uh, just the range of outcomes for Kepka's is much larger, and you might want that, right? You you might be okay with that. I think JT is much safer. You know, Tony Finau, uh certainly does not have the ups- upside Brooks Kepka does, uh, but for his T to green game has been so much better than Brooks has been in the last year or so. Daniel Berger is interesting. Let's let's deep dive Berger here for a second on the um, on the strokes gain database because uh, you know we, we we remember how phenomenal he's been since the restart. And it's true, but he hasn't been as sharp recently, right? So here's, here's basically the restart. So he wins Colonial, and he's gaining six, seven, eight, nine strokes from T to green almost week in and week out. And then we get to the end of the year, and he plays okay at the BMW Championship. He loses strokes from T to green and on the field at the Tour Championship. He loses strokes T to green at the u.s open he plays well at the cj cup and then again he loses strokes from t to green at the zozo so he just hasn't played much recently right this is going to be his first pga tour start in over a month and the last couple of times three out of the last four times we saw him he's lost strokes t to green i'm a bit concerned about that i i think however though it does uh, potentially keep his ownership pretty limited uh which i'm which i'm interested about i want to i want to see thursday or i'm sorry wednesday 3 p.m eastern time when we go through the 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 ownership numbers i would love to see what daniel berger's ownership is going to be he might be a really good pivot in that 10k range if he's the if he's the lowest owned guy i'd be interested to see that um the 9k range is, is fascinating you know abraham answer 9900 dollars um I, i'm firing up abe answer in in a lot of ways so we'll pull up pull him up on the strokes gain database here and um What I love about this guy is uh, one, he's an absolute competitor, right? I mean, if you look at some of his top finishes and look at the tournaments that they're in 13th at the Masters, um, you know, these events here, Charles Schwab, RBC Heritage Travelers, where he goes 14th runner up 11th. Remember, those were like some of the deepest fields in in golf, right? When we came back from the restart, they were historically deep fields. Um uh, fourth at the WGC HSBC. He finished 8th here last year. He has a T12 at uh the WGC in Mexico. He is the highest ranked golfer in the world. I think he's the 22nd ranked player in the world right now who has never won on the PGA Tour or the European Tour. And he keeps putting himself in a, you know in a lot of these positions. I think there's no better place for him to to do it than uh, you know, it, it, Mexico, his, his his home country, right? To do it in Mexico, to get his first win here at a course that really, that he's played well at and that uh, will not penalize him for being a shorter hitter. I, I mean, I, I really like Abe Anser's chances this week, so I'll probably load up there. I really like Victor Hovland. He has been so sneaky good over the course of the last five starts. I mean, he's got four top 20, four top 15s in his last five starts. Uh, his only win? came on Paz Polum Greens at Cocoa Beach, right? We don't have the shot link data. We know he chipped in a couple of times, but that Puerto Rico open win, Paz Polum Greens, that's what you're going to get this week. He's missed the cut here in both trips, which is a little bit concerning, but uh, really like the way he's playing at 9,700. I feel like he's flying under the radar quite a bit. And then here's, here's the bottom of the 9K range. I mean, I love all these guys. If I could just make lineups out of the 9K range, I probably would. Um, Henley, as mentioned, will be... I think he's going to be just super chalk, right? I mean, we can go to the Holy grail here and we can sort, uh, almost anything that we want. Let's, let's call it since the restart, you know, since the restart for players in this field and give it a second, it's a lot of data that's going to load and we're going to sort from, uh, let's sort Tita green. And here, here are the names, you know, it's, it's Will Zalatoris who has 10 rounds. He's getting nearly two strokes from Tita green. It's Justin Thomas and it's Russell Henley. And, and the, the two of those guys, Will Zalatoris and Russell Henley are in the bottom of the $9,000 range. And, and, and Henley's been kind of this DFS, um, sweetheart over the course of the last couple of months. And he's, and he's, and he's paid it off when he's been chalk. I just think he is going to be Uber chalk this week. I'd be interested to see what Zalatoris is gonna be. He's got like four top what 20 finishes in his five starts this year, um, or since the US Open. Maybe it's not the I don't know I guess that is this year. And it, it it's it, he's been so good. So interested to see how how the bottom of the 9K range shakes out. And then Joaquin Neiman, you know, Neiman is a guy that I spent a lot of time on in the live chat last week. And as we continued to talk about him, I continued to grow more uh, excited about him. And, uh, you know, he opened up with like a 73 last week at the RSM, found a way to make the cut. I think he shot a 66-ish on Friday, and then he shoots his best round of the week. I think it was a 65 on Sunday. So we saw kind of flashes of brilliance, kind of shaking off that rust. Now he's only 9,100, plenty of upside. He was playing well before he had to sit out um, due to COVID-19, like that's, that's good stuff. And then, and then to round out the nine K range, I mean, I could spend so much time on all these guys. Corey Connors has gone eighth, 24th, 10th, 10th. I mean, we're starting to see him round the corner again, uh, to get back into that ball striking, uh, world that we, that we know about Corey Connors. So, I mean, that is an absolutely stacked nine K range. I will be just, uh, filled, uh, filling my, my, my ownership and my, and my lineups with, with guys from that range. The 8K range has a lot more question marks. Um, I I would like to buy on Brendan Todd. It, it has been an ugly 2021 season for him. Remember that he is uh, he was dealing with that broken toe. I think it reflected in his results. He missed the cut at the at the Bermuda Championship. He missed the cut at the Masters. Finishes t thirty seven. At the RSM Classic, obviously this is a good course for him. He's your defending champion. Again, it's a shorter, uh, shorter hitters who can hit a lot of fairways, who can uh, get hot with the putter, which is exactly what Brendan Todd is. So I think the fact that you know he's had some bad results recently as he's been dealing with that injury keep his his price tempered a little bit. I think he's in a much better spot. He gets the extra week over Thanksgiving. If there was any lingering toe issues, I mean, it's just one more week to heal, right? He doesn't have to go walk four rounds anywhere. So very interested to see uh, what Brendan Todd is able to do this week. And the rest of these are kind of question marks, you know, is, is, are we buying back in on Gary Woodland? I'm probably not personally. Emiliano Grio um, if you go to the, the full course history here, he's played here four times. He has the best, um, average finish. So where we, where can we find Emilia? So Emiliano's average finish is like 22nd, right? So he's gone 10th, 9th, 15th, 41st in his four starts. Um, that's the best average finish of anyone who's played here at least three times. So you have, you have the course history there going for you i'm not a big griot fan but if there was ever a week this is probably the week especially when you look at you know some of the peers in that 8k range that are not uh, as exciting of options right you know brian harman who i'd probably forgive who misses the cut at the RSM Classic. That's his first miscut in like 11 starts. I'm probably willing to forgive him there, but there's there's a lot more question marks in the 8K range that make trying to buy Brendan Todd more appealing. It makes trying to maybe eat a little bit of chalk with Emiliano Grillo at $8700 or $8300, excuse me, a bit more appealing because I I really don't like this range at, at all. I'd love to live in the 9K range and then we can go down to the 7s and and see what's down here if there's any way we can find a bit of salary salary relief or or maybe find a value or two and instead of living here on the uh on the cheat sheet let's go back over to the to the to the holy grail here on the strokes gain database and i still have this sorted by Tita green since the restart and let's go a little bit later than that let's go let's go this season i guess let's do nine um so safeway was was september 13th let's do that all right so now we have this season of strokes gain data and I'm looking for guys in the $7,000 range. And and right away, Harold Varner's name pops up, right? He's, he, he actually leads this field this season in strokes, gained T to green 1.89 per round. He's 7,800. So let's look at his results. Um, here he is. The, the way he's done it has been incredibly volatile, right? So he went 13th at the Shriners, missed cut at Bermuda, 15th at Houston, missed cut at the RSM. Then you look at his tournament history and it's, not much better just as volatile right fifth place finish in 2016 misses the cut in 17 doesn't play in 18 sixth place finish in 2019 58th in 2020 so i mean it's just he hasn't been able to put two two consecutive re- uh, events together if we're playing the the every other game uh this would be a good week for him you, you know i think there's there's reason to be optimistic about uh the way he's playing there is there is a history of here two top six finishes in his last four starts Again, he's gonna be more popular than probably the rest of these guys in the seven k range because I mean a lot of people like Howard Varner the third. I'm one of them. I'm a big fan. Uh, and that tends to drive his ownership up, especially when you when you start comparing it to some of the other guys here. But interesting to see that he actually leads this field in strokes gained T to green since the rest or I'm sorry since the season has started. And then you get into a couple other 7k guys. Uh Camilo Vigegas, he's a flat 7, right? So he's fourth in this field in strokes gain Tia Green. He has historically been uh he he was one before the RSM, he was one of the worst putters uh Basically, however you wanted to slice. I mean, he was losing like two strokes around putting. It was it was really bad. Uh, putted much better at the RSM, and it resulted in one of his best finishes. So he finished sixth, uh, and he was in contention kind of all week long. So if he can continue to 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 to, to roll the rock better uh, from T to green, he's been phenomenal. So that's that's kind of the bet that we're that we're trying to make here. And I'm trying to just see some other names. That jump out, and let's sort this by strokes gained approach. Let's see if we can specialize this just a hair. You know, you get you get Vijegas, you get uh, Keegan Bradley, 7,700. And then you get Doug Gim. I think Gim's super interesting. He doesn't have as many rounds as some of these other guys. He only has nine measured rounds this season. Gaining over a stroke per round on approach. He is 7,400. Uh, last three starts, 23rd at Sanderson, 14th in Bermuda, 18th at the RSM. Uh, I like this a lot. You know, uh, his, he also shot, I want to say it was a 64 or a 65 on Sunday at uh, the RSM. I, I kind of like it, I, I, this goes both ways, but I kind of like it when guys shoot their, you know, their round of the week on Sunday, if they find something, if they can continue that momentum going into the next week, that has proven to be a bit of a a correlator for the following week is, is hey, he played well in the final round or he played well on the weekend, he found something, he can continue it um the next week. So at 7400 is pretty interesting. Uh, outside of that, you know, you go you go down lower. Um I, I still I still love uh like kind of the Harry Higgs upside, right? We've seen Harry Higgs finished second in events we've seen him finish third in events he's still coming off of that covid break uh you know after testing positive he he missed the cut at the RSM I, i'll be interested to see what he does this i was going to say the next couple of weeks but i guess we really only have maya uh very interested to see what he does here and then you know i could throw a dart with peter malnati right i mean he's he's a popper he played well for I don't know, it's called 27 holes last week before kind of fading over his last two and a half rounds. He still finished, I mean, he made the cut, finished 48th at the RSM, but he was, he was feeling himself early in that event. Uh, and he's played well enough recently for me to continue to go back to him. Um, the sub 7K range. So we're into the sixes now. And I can go back to the Holy Grail and try to find some 6K guys. And, you know, I might have to open up the range a little bit because we're starting to get some guys with some really small sample sizes, whether they're, you know, just making their second or third start, uh, here this season. So let me open this up a little bit and I'm going to go back to the restart and I'm going to go back to strokes gain T green. And the first $6,000 name that pops up here is Wesley Bryan. He's about 12th in this field in strokes gain t to Green. He's, he's got 22 rounds under his belt we'll talk about him in a second hank lebiota 6400 chris baker luke list those are the the top four six thousand dollar guys who are probably in the top 20 or 25 of of the uh strokes gain t to green metric since the tours restart so we look at him we say okay wesley bryan 6600 haven't seen him since bermuda where he missed the cut start before that was 12th at sanderson farms hasn't played a lot Uh, What he what his ability, you know, his ability or his profile plays well at uh, what I would deem to be resort courses like this one, which is hit your irons well, because if the wind blows uh, like we saw, I think we saw it at Bermuda earlier this year. The guys who hit the heavy ball, the ball strikers that that's going to really be beneficial. So so he's a good ball striker. And then he also has the ability, doesn't always happen, but has the ability to get hot with the putter, which that's a really good combination on resort courses. He's only $6,600. Um, you know, Lebiot is a little bit different, right? He he does it differently. He, he's kind of a short game specialist. He, uh, he loses strokes off the tee. He loses strokes on approach. He loses strokes tee to green, um, but he gains around the green and he gains as a putter. Uh, and that's a bit concerning. That's a different style of golfer than I would want to be investing in. Even if it is only $6,400, I'd probably rather throw my dart onto a Wesley Bryan, for example, or even like a Cam Percy. I don't know how many rounds he has. I guess he's got enough rounds this year because he Played Sanderson, played RSM, uh, but you know, same thing. In in a similar fashion to West Bryan, it's it's approach game and it's putting. That's that's a good combination for a resort course. Uh, also, I don't know if I even have him on my sheet yet. Uh, I might have to load him in because this is his very first start. So I'm gonna add him in here. Hold on, let me see if I have him. And if he's not in here, I'll add him in. I'll have to generate a, a profile page for him here, but it's it's Andy Ogletree, who was your low-am at the Masters, now making his first professional uh, start at the Mayakoba Golf Classic. Y- you know, I don't know what to expect. He's, he's $6,700, which is really cheap. He played well the last time we saw him. Obviously, holding your own at a very deep field uh, at, at Augusta National is a big deal, but then it's also a big deal and much different when you're trying to be a pro right and now and now you've got uh sponsors names on the hat and on the bag and you're just kind of playing you know it's it's different it's it's all very different but i think that he is uh priced in in a way at sixty seven hundred dollars where you're looking at you know Zin Zun Zhang, Roger Sloan, uh, Brendan Steele, Jonathan Vegas. Those are the other $6,700 guys. Um, you know, what are you looking for? If he makes the cut, is that a success? Uh, if he is one of these next, just really good young guys who are coming out of the game, coming into the game, um, and, and he's much better than this price tag indicates. And, and he's going to start to settle into, you know, $8,500 on a weekly basis, or even $7,500 on a weekly basis. Like I, I, I almost want to be early on it. Um, so this is a really good opportunity. One event uh, unless he does something crazy, he's probably going to be, you know, um, in 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 contention to at least pay for himself, like in terms of value. So, uh, I I really like Ogletree's price, and I have a feeling because I don't really love any of these other, you know, those those names that I mentioned or the other guys kind of in the sub six uh, sub seven k range uh, Ogletree's interesting, really, really interesting. And, and I'm excited to kind of watch and see how he does this week. Um, okay, let's jump over to the custom model. I'll make you a a model and then we will, uh, we'll get out of here. All right. So, uh, driving accuracy, we know to be, uh, very important what I what did I say only three courses more important on the PGA tour uh than here here at El chameleon so I'm gonna weight it heavily heavily I'm gonna weigh it uh as uh, 35 out of my 100 weights um, then what I'm also going to do is uh if it is windy if it does get you know a little nasty I'm gonna do uh 20 on approach and Because it is a resort-style course, and I want my guys to be able to make putts, I'm going to do 20 on uh, strokes gain putting. So I've got 35 on accuracy, 20 on approach, 20 on putting. Um, It is a par 71, so let's say, um, I don't want to put too much on here, let's just do 10 on par 4 scoring, because I think it's just the one extra par 4, and then 15 on birdie or better. And let's run this and see what we get. Oh boy, John, huh? Is my number one golfer. Now I assume that is going to be because he has like six measured rounds or something like that. Uh, So I'm, I'm, I'm aware of the sample size, um, but he's my number one golfer. And then Russell Henley, which makes complete sense. Again, I think he's going to be super chalk, right? Russell Henley, basically if anybody with a sample size is my number one golfer. Uh, And then Peter Malnati, who has played well. I really like Malnati. Corey Connors is up here. Austin Cook. Justin Thomas, Doug Kim, Joaquin Neiman, Harris English. I mean, these are a lot of names that I mentioned. Brian Stewart's interesting. That's not a name that I mentioned. He is my six, seven, eight, nine, tenth ranked golfer. He's sixty nine hundred dollars. He certainly fits the mold of a shorter hitter who can strike it well. And at times, at times, he can putt okay. I don't think he can get super hot, but at times, uh, he can putt well. So this is, that's interesting. That's a name that popped up that I probably would not have considered, but now I'm reconsidering that. So that's why I like doing these, these custom models. All right, guys. Again, housekeeping items. Um, we are headed for the, the shortest of short off seasons. There will still be content. There will still be European tour data. Um, there will be a live stream Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Rungood YouTube channel where we will do ownership Question and answer, final thoughts, all that good stuff for this event. Also, this is the one time a year. Get in before Thursday, December 3rd for your one chance a year to get a discounted rickrungood.com membership. All the tools that you saw in this video uh, are from rickrungood.com and I'm in the process of revamping everything. It's going to be phenomenal. Um, you have to go to rickrungood.com slash Mexico. Sign up for a six month or a yearly membership. I will refund the percentage of that is equal to the winning score this week. So go sign up, root for something like 30 under par, root for JT to shoot a couple of 59s. uh, You will get a lot of money back. And if you are an existing member, uh, you can also take advantage. Just go sign up. Again, rickrungood.com slash Mexico. Send me an email. I'll manually adjust your account. I'll take care of you. Uh, That's it. Absolutely awesome year. We're going to keep it rolling. Lots of good stuff. If you want anything specific, leave it in the comments. Tweet me at rickrungood. Best of luck this week.